Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Podcast lovers, how the fuck are you? Welcome to the show. This is a quick audio message from me to let you know that I'm proud and very pleased to announce that for the 2020-21 campaign, we have a sponsor for the podcast. It's already on Acast and it's already on iTunes, but now with the funding being given by a good friend of mine, Matt Anderson, you probably know him, you should know him, because him and his family have been Millwall season ticket holders for years, never misses a game, picks me up, takes me to away games, and now he's been good enough to sponsor the show. So now we can get the show on Spotify as well. If you're listening on Spotify, welcome. You've got Matt Anderson to thank for that one. So, he's got a scaffolding company. It's called Match Scaffolding. The details are in the description below. If you want any scaffolding, as I always say, please keep it in the Mill family and check out Matt's contact details, website, email address. And if you want some scaffolding, get in touch with Matt. He's your man. Mention Lions TV. He might add some money on. No, I'm only joking. He'll probably sort you out. He's a top man, and I really appreciate his company sponsoring the podcast. This is Kevin O'Callaghan. I still can't say O'Callaghan. Still can't say it. But enjoy it. It's brilliant. Love speaking to Kev. Uh, come through the youth system at the club. Had two spells there as a pro. Also won the UEFA Cup, by the way, with Ipswich, and got promoted into the top flight with Portsmouth before returning to Millwall to then get promoted to the top division with Millwall. Later came back as a coach and coached the likes of Tim Cahill. And he's just an all-round legend. And let's not forget, he was an escape to victory. That's about the last 10, 15 minutes of the chat. We saved that to the end. And it's absolutely fascinating. I was going to say for the younger viewers, but I'd say a lot of you are older viewers. So if there is any younger viewers, don't be shy to check out Escape to Victory, a timeless film. I watched it a weekend with my son. I've gone on for far too long. It's nearly two minutes long, this intro. But I've got verbal diarrhea, as you know. Enjoy the show. Kevin O'Callaghan, Lions Lounge. It's time. So we're going to go in three, two, one. Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 23. Kevin O'Callaghan. Kev, thanks for your time, mate. Pleasure. Really looking forward to this one. I've been trying to track you down for a while. And eventually, thanks mm. to I think your best mate, son Jordan, I've got my man. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Lots and lots to talk about. Came through the youth system at Millwall, 1977, yeah. 79. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um, obviously doing the rounds, you know, as a young lad that everyone wanted to sign. Um, 
just something about Bob Pearson that got me and literally I was being offered money by quite a few clubs. I think he ended up signing for Millwall for Sheepskin Coat. Um, <laughs> but no, I could see, like, I'd played, like, um, about a year before that. I could see they was putting a really good team together. There were some good players. And uh, I think we'd got in the final of the Floodlit Cup in them days, which and we played the... Uh, you remember the um, Crystal Palace team of the 80s, Ilea, Gilbert and all that lot. And we lost to them, but only just. So we knew we had a really good team for the next year, you know, and then obviously went on to win the FA Cup, FA Youth Cup. So, yeah, and it was great for me because, to be fair, I could have gone anywhere, but I was ne- wasn't going to get in a team as early as I did at Millwall. And uh, obviously I got the move to Ipswich two years later, you know. Yeah, it's a funny one because, I say, I was born in eighty. So I remember my early, my early memories of you is playing, obviously, in, in the side that got promoted. When I've looked into it more in greater depth today, you were was something of, a, of a, a young prodigy at football, really you know, highly rated youngster. Who did you come through the youth system with? And who was your manager? Other players around it as well? Yeah, so we had... Um, first of all, we had... Uh, um, the manager was a, an Argentinian called Oscar Ars. Have you heard of him? No, go on. Well, he was... Um, yeah, he came through. He was brilliant. He was an Argentinian and um, I just loved him and he loved me. I, I think we went to, I was a schoolboy and we went to a French competition and uh, I remember saying to him, put me on and I'll score the winner and I did. And anyway, signed and I never went, went back to score. I, mean, I didn't even take any exams in the end. I just wanted to play football. Uh, yeah, then I come through with um, like... Um, in my year, it was like um, Paul Roberts, uh, Mehmet Dibble, uh, Glazier, the goalkeeper, loads of us, you know. Um, yeah. We had a lad called Tony Gale that should have been a, could have been as good as anyone, but packed it in. Yeah, we had an amazing team, you know. So you're an Argentinian youth team manager at Millwall. Was his name Oscar Arsch? Yeah. His name was Oscar Arsch, yeah. And he was, um, he was fantastic. He was like something that we'd not seen before. Uh, and I absolutely loved him. And I'll never forget, we, we were, uh, we all come in training one day and he'd done a runner. It's a bit weird. Uh, but I bumped into his son, which was that he'd left to go to, he was um, married to the, to the mother and he'd left, he just got up and left. I'd never see him from, to that day onwards. But really? I spoke to him about him and it was like amazing, yeah. And then uh, we had, uh, I think it was, was it David Payne? Right. He, he was our manager, but you know, he would, uh, Oscar's the one that done all the all the all the work for us, and uh, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, so good. What was it like um, coming through the youth team at that point, being in and around the first team? Did you have to change uh, clean dressing rooms and clean boots? Was it was it all that? Yeah, yeah, I had to clean. Um, <laughs> we had to clean. I was. The, uh, we had to clean boots, do the kit, and oh, well, to be fair, I wasn't interested. I just wanted to play football, but. We we had we had a good bunch of lads and we was always mucking around. My my um, player was um, Barry Kitchener, what? And he says to the, well, I mean he's, he's obviously passed away now, but he said I was the worst apprentice he ever had. <laughs> <laughs> but Barry was a great lad. Like he used to lend me his car and uh, he was brilliant. I loved him. Um, really? Well, even well, when you was a youth team player, was this when you broke into the? Yeah, when well, I was a youth team player, I'd pass my test, but I hadn't had a car. I couldn't afford one at the time. Uh, I was saving up for one, I can't remember now, but um, Bell, what, Batches, he's like, I used to say to him, lend your car, Bell, and he'd lend, lend his cars, put a couple of good in the, 
in for him. But he's a great lad, yeah, but he said I was the worst apprentice. He said his boots were always dirty, his kit was crap, and uh, no, he said, but we just laugh about it, you know. So he was the worst apprentice that he ever had, and he, and he was still willing to lend you his car. So imagine what a good apprentice he's got. Yeah, no, he loved me really, you know. But um, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, we, I, I did. I, we, we know we had to clean the toilets, do this and do that. But well, yeah, we've done it. We just, we, most of the time, we were, you know, mucking around, you know. I've had a look into um, your career at me. Well, first time round, 1978 to 1980. 23 mm. appearances, six goals. And when I'm thinking, why so few appearances? You actually broke into the first team as a youth team player. Yeah, yeah. So I got in, I, it was strange because um, I had a few injuries. I had, I had this, a couple of injuries, but I was playing. The year, the year that we won um, the FA Youth Cup, I broke into the team. And a couple of times, um, I remember I played for the first team the night before and then gone with the youth team to play and like, I was sort of struggled because it was tough uh, playing for the first team and then going and playing the youth team. But um, yeah, no, I broke in and uh, uh, I don't know, within, I played just after we started the next season, I was in the team playing and then Ipswich came in for me. There was loads of rumours that, you know, there was loads of clubs in for me. Um, I remember coming home one day um, on a Sunday, I'd been out for a drink with my dad, I think, and uh, I come in, put the, I don't know if you remember, now, back in the day, it was a Sunday afternoon called, called the Big Match. Yeah. And that match of the day, it was called the Big Match, it used to be on a Sunday afternoon. And I, the first headline on it was uh, Kevin O'Callaghan, Dave Mermit and Tony Kinsella, uh, a million pound offers coming from Tampa Bay Rowdies, which was Gordon Jago, who was the, my first manager at me the first team manager at Millwall, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I knew loads of clubs were in for me, but, you know, I didn't really want to go to America. Um, and then, yeah, I, that, I think the club, to be honest, I think I remember something about the, the bank had um, said they weren't going to pay, pay the wages for the next month or something like that. And that's when Robson came in and obviously, uh, you know, I went to, went to um, Ipswich. Yeah. Do you remember your Millwall debut? It's quite a big game. I've looked it up. Yeah, Notts County. Oh, it was Notts County, was it? Oh, I've got that one wrong then. I thought, it was, I thought, it was, I thought you come off the bench against Charlton. In a yes, I did. Win. Sorry. Yeah, right. I thought you meant my thought. No, no, that's right. No, yeah, so when you came off the bench. I came off the bench. It was a muddy game at the, at the, uh, um, the no, Valley, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it 3-3 three, three or something like that? 4-2. It was three to up half time, won the game 4-2. Something's never changed, mate, beating Charlton. <laughs> You know, it's strange, um, my ties to uh, the Valley, I played, it was the first way to play for a Sunday team called Pop and the Boys, and we was like an unbelievable team. That was my first ever professional ground I played at. We had some Sunday uh, final there. I made my debut for Millwall there, and I played my last ever professional game at the Valley as well. For, oh, for full circle. Charlton Reserves, yeah, for Charlton Reserves, yeah. I was trying to get fit. I just couldn't get fit. It was a weird one because, again, when I was researching it, you forget the old, I remember the days of two substitutions, but back then, yeah. one substitution. So, right, yeah. probably, you know, if it was modern day, five, six, seven subs, you'd have had a lot more chances of getting in even earlier than you did. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's why, I, I, I mean, I agree what they're doing now. I like, I like the idea of having five subs, you know, and, mm. and using five subs as well. Like seven subs and using five of them, you know? Yeah. But as you say, it would encourage 
teams to put kids in a lot more earlier and give them a you know uh, 10 minutes 15 minutes there just to get them used to it yeah well say so you started you broke into the first team in it in what was a very difficult time for the club for people for the younger viewers watching now this isn't the mill we know today this is a team struggling in what would now be league one crowds of 6,000 right. uh three managers that season uh, Gordon Jago to start with, he was sacked, yes. Theo, Theo Foley, um, temporary charge, and then George Petchy comes in. What were they like yeah, for you, George... managers, all three of them? Yeah, they were good. I, I don't... Gordon Jago was when I was a schoolboy, so I didn't really have a lot to do with him, but, you know, he, he obviously went to sign me and whatever. Um, Theo was a great, you know, uh, really good coach. I can't remember Theo getting a job temporary, but... Obviously, I was not to do with that. And then Jules coming in. Yeah, and I like Jules. Jules was okay, yeah. Mm. You know, so we finished, was... um, finished 16th that season. Really? Yeah, God. finished 16th. I was amazed looking back. I mean, I it was before my time, but I was amazed that he kept his job for nearly three years. Because, you know, in, in the second season, we was relegated under him. Really? We, yeah. What, from the, from, from uh, the old second division into the third, yeah? Yeah, from the old, from the old, um, from the old second division into the old third division, which would now be League Two, 1979-1980, um, and we get relegated into the bottom tier. Which, again, for you as a youngster, what was that like, mate? Breaking in and being around it, but then you know feeling the the downs of, yeah, of relegation. I don't think it really mattered when you're young like that. You just want to play yeah. for the first team, wherever they're playing. It don't really matter to me. Um, I sort of in the back of my mind, I knew I. I knew I wasn't going to be there that long, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, um, you know, there's rumours going everywhere. Every time you picked up the evening standard or whatever, I was going somewhere else. So, um, no, I just, you know, it was great. I loved it, you know. Um, plus, we had, like, when I, as I said to you, explained to you before, plus when it was breaking in, we were about to win the FA Youth Cup, which when we played, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you know the story, but we played Man City in the final and... Uh, I think the crowd was more than what the first team were getting. Oh, really? Where was the first? Yeah, I think there was about seven or eight thousand there. Where was that? At the day. Oh, was it, was it, it was oh, two, two legs? Two legs, legs, two legs then, yeah. Two legs. We played them up there. I think we drew nil nil, and we beat them about three or four nil at home. Oh, really? Something. Like that. But they had a good team, you know, Tony Cote and Reed and a, a lot of other lads. Yeah, we've done well. Yeah. Dave Mimic come through with you as well. Yeah, yeah. Dave, they played in that team and. Uh, who got into the first team would have been, I think Andy Dibble would have got a few games. Uh, obviously, Paul Roberts, uh, Dave Martin, Robinson. Yeah, they all played in the first team. So, you know, we, I think everyone more or less uh, made it out of that team, you know. And then when you went into the first team, obviously, we've, we've, we've brushed on Barry Kitchener. We had the likes of Tony Tanner, Nicky Chatterton, uh, yeah. John Seesman, a few names I've written down. What were, they, what were them boys like to be around and play with? Yeah, they were good. They were good to us, you know. It was Got on well with them. Um, I played with uh, is it David Donaldson, the left back. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I played on the left wing. We had John Moore, and yeah, it was good. I mean, I only like to be fair. That summer, when I more or less got in the first team, I probably haven't played that year. I probably played back five, six games. I remember being out injured, and that's when I obviously went to Ipswich at the end of that. I hadn't. So I hadn't played that much, you know, so... Yeah, um, no, it's, it's unbelievable. The 1978-79 season said we was relegated into the bottom tier with, along with Blackburn and Sheffield United. Bloody hell. Um, yeah, I know. And then Petchy keeps his job. Obviously, you've then gone from uh, occasionally used substitute and occasionally starting to 
first team football straight in, score five goals in the first six games of the season. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I remember we played, um, we played Gillingham in, because um, you remember them, well, I think you still do now, you played the League Cup comes early, we had them in a double header, I think I scored at home and away. I think I scored two headers, and I don't think I ever scored a header again for the rest of my career. Um, but yeah, so you know, we were flying then. I think I, think, I don't know how we were doing in the league. I can't remember now. But um, yeah, they finished. We finished all mid-table. But as we say, you, yeah, 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 you was gone. You you left the yeah, club. Yeah, I was gone. Yeah, yeah. You must have. So I remember. So I hadn't. Um, so when I left to go to um, Ipswich, mm. I remember coming back, and I think wasn't uh, George Brown. Manager that year, did he that's come right. in there? That's right. So, so basically, Petchy's Petchy that would have been his last year. George Graham comes in. You go to um, still only eighteen years old. You get sold to Ipswich to Sir Bobby Robson as manager for a quarter of a million pound. Which you know, again for the younger viewers, that would be that was a lot of money then. Yeah, that was a record for a teenager then. Mm. Uh, I think um, Ian Rush then broke it about four months later when he went for, uh, to Liverpool for 330000 I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of money at the time, yeah. What was that like for you, going from George Petchy to Sir Bobby Robson? Completely different yeah. environment. Were you in the top division then? Yeah, yeah. It was weird because, um, I mean, I, I, remember, I remember seeing bits of Ipswich on the telly, um, you know, match the day and bits. I remember like them scoring unbelievable goals and, thinking, Jesus, that's good. Uh, I went to Ipswich, not really knowing that, because they wasn't like um, household names in, they were just about to take off. So I went there, up, I think it was the November or December, something like that. And uh, they, I think they were near the bottom of the league and I was struggling. And from the day I went to the end of the season, they went unbeaten and they ended up runners up in the league. Jesus. Uh, and then the next year, obviously, it took off where we should have won the um, well, we should have won the FA Cup. We won the UEFA Cup. We should have won the league. And uh, what was the other one? And the League Cup, we got knocked out in the semi-final by, by so we had an unbelievable season, you know, and just mm. great, just like world-class players, you know, um, Muren and Tyson and Butcher and Osman, Jules Burley, uh, Gatesy, Brazil. Mariner, it's just and Johnny Walk, obviously, who nowadays would be probably worth 200 million plus, some would have thought, was, you know, scoring 30 goals from midfield every season, I think, for about 10 years. Yeah, what was he like, Sir Bobby Robson? What was it like going up there, meeting him and like, deal done? You said there was other interest, did he have to persuade you to join Ipswich? Uh, not, not really, you know, it's the, they've got more or less the first ones to come in and. I didn't, to be fair, when you're young like that, you don't really know, it wasn't, it wasn't, they weren't high profile at the time, you know, so. Yeah, true. It was only when I went there that it all, it all just went crazy, you know, for three years until we got the England job, or two and a half years, we just had like, I just seen, I mean, I didn't play a lot. I mean, obviously I was a sub and come on, I probably played about 15 games a season, but obviously I come on a sub quite a bit because I think even in them days, it was still one sub, so. He sort of used me as what they call now an impact player with plenty of pace. Um, but yeah, that, it was just like two and a half years of just like I'm watching. My, my, like my, my away debut was at, um, uh, I came on a sub at Everton away, we beat them 4 0. My home debut was Man United at home, we beat them 6 0. 
Jesus. So you can just imagine, like it was just, I was just seeing things. It was just mind-blowing. Like a whirlwind, mate, to go from apprentice at Millwall within two seasons, winning the UEFA Cup must have been unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, and, and we should have won the league. I mean, we we got we got knocked out in this. We we got knocked out the so that was the year that uh, the Man City the famous Ricky Villa goal you know against Man City yeah but we should have beat Man City they they scored in the last minute of extra time uh, we went back to Villa because the semi final was at Villa in them days we went back to Villa the next on the Tuesday and we battered um, Villa four 0 Villa won the league and that's the next year they won the European Cup you know yeah. So, but we should have won. We just didn't have the squad, you know. We probably had about 15 players, you know. Mm. And by the end of the season, it was all getting, when you get your suspensions and injuries, and we just didn't have the squad to keep it going, you know. Towards the last, I remember for two years, the last month, just, you know, was on our knees, really. Yeah. But no, it was brilliant. I mean, you know, I mean, just, it was mind-boggling. That, that, I mean, they, then they all obviously got in the England team and, then it all took off at Ipswich, you know? Yeah. Well, after Ipswich, again, looking at your career, it's amazing. Gone on to Portsmouth and you've ended up getting them promoted into the top division as well with them. Yeah, that was that was weird because I went to... Um, also, at, at the time, when I, when I signed for um, uh, Millwall as a kid, I don't know if you know this, but there was a scout as well that was... Te- well, yeah, he was. I think he was teaching um, Bob Pearson, really. And his name was Derek Healy. Uh, and Derek Healy was um, like Baldy's number two down in Portsmouth. So mm-hmm. that's how, when I got down to, to Portsmouth, I mean, like Vince Lear was there, Billy Gilbert, you know, the old Crystal Palace players. Uh, we had an unbelievable team. I mean, uh, first season, we um, missed out on goal average. Second season, we missed out on a point. And then the third season, we got promotion. Um, so it was two and a half years of like we hardly lost the game you know mm. so that was really good and Alan Ball was manager and he was brilliant you know with, with everyone um, but yeah it was great and then I, I'd got a bit of an injury towards the end of the season I had this um, I'd always had I always had stiff calves and I always had my socks down and uh, I started getting these pins and needles and my feet were going numb and we didn't know what it was but at half time uh, second half, it, I was just gone. Uh, um, couldn't find out what it was. And Baldy, Baldy weren't the sort of manager that he didn't like injured players. If he was injured, he didn't have a lot of time for you. So, yeah, yeah well, the year, bef- the, 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 the year before that, we were playing and we were buzzing, absolutely buzzing. We'd gone unbeaten. The first 20 games of the season, I think we'd gone unbeaten. And we were playing at, at Tottenham in the FA Cup, I think, or the League Cup, one of them. And uh, I'd gone over on my knee and we thought we'd done my cartilage. Anyway, I went to see a specialist. Went, yeah, you've probably done your cartilage. We had about 10, 15 games to go. And um, I just played on tablets and injections, you know. didn't train, but I, it, I struggled. And mm. anyway, I went in to have the operation. And probably hardly, hardly spoke to me. I went in to have the operation. And the, the surgeon went, it's the biggest cartilage job I've, I've ever done. So Baldy come up like, and to be fair to him, he did say, look, I'm really sorry. He said, um, I didn't realise it was that bad. But yeah, and then, so I've got an injury and um, I've got promotion. And to be, you know, I, I started to speak to Millwall a little bit and 
I didn't really want to leave because because I'd spent um, like two and a half years trying to get in the, the old first division. Of course, I thought it'd be you know it'd be nice to give it a go with the boys and see how we get on. Mm. But it was pretty obvious that uh, he, he you know he's accepted a bid for Millwall, and it was strange because uh, I went and spoke to Millwall, more or less agreed terms and what I was going to do, and uh, I was sitting indoors and and uh, I get a phone call from. Uh, this fella, he goes, hello, Mick. And I went, no, this ain't Mick. I said, this is, uh, you got the wrong number. He went, no, this is Mick. I went, no, it's not Mick. <laughs> and I said, who, who is this? He said, uh, oh, it's Jackie Charlton. I went, what? He said, uh, well, how have I got your number? I said, well, I live, I, Mickey Kennedy, our captain, lived probably about 15 doors down. I mean, and phone numbers were one digit difference. Anyway, he says to me, um, you fancy a game this weekend? I went, yeah. So did he know he's, who you was or did he just get your name wrong? No, yeah, then he, then he said, oh, you play for Ireland as well. So I don't think it was a wind up with him or what, you know? He could have just, instead of saying, hello, Kev, I'm Jackie Charlton, he's gone, who is this? And this is what he said. He went, Mick. I went, this ain't Mick. I said, who is this? It's a wind up. Anyway, cast on his He said, oh, you play for Ireland. He said, what position do you play? He wouldn't know where I played. And, uh, he said, do you fancy a game? He said, we've got Brazil on Saturday. <laughs> and, then we, and, then, and then we've got, um, I think it was Norway, Denmark or somewhere away in the, in the um, qualifying for the World Cup, the Italy World Cup. So I said, yeah, okay. So anyway, I went to, um, <laughs> so I was still negotiating with Millwall and didn't know what to do. And uh, He picks the team. So I get there on the, th- on the Friday and we're doing a bit of, pattern play and I'm in the team against Brazil now I've been on the on the lash for like because we got promotion with Portsmouth and believe me we believe me we were a big drinking team uh, we'd been on it so I wasn't fit and so I, I remember saying to Liam Brady Jesus I don't know how I'm going to do, do in this game he said don't worry about it we're all in the same boat we've all been like I've had a week off or wherever it was anyway um, just for before we leaving for the, the hotel to go to the game, Jackie Jolton comes to me and said, um, oh, by the way, Alan Ball's over there. He wants to have a word with you. Went, what? So I went over. He went, look, I know we've accepted a bid, but if you don't want to go, you don't have to. I'd rather, you know, you stay. And uh, it's like, whatever. Um, I was more or less concentrating on the game, you know, and I've been playing Brazil, one of the best teams, you know. And uh, I've gone out there and had an absolute blind. I played out in skin. Uh, we've beaten 1-0, first time. Uh, I think it was a big documentary in Ireland about it a little while ago I'd done an interview for. Um, yeah, and then I come back and then decided, I said, ah, they've accepted it. Uh, said, I'll give it a go. Not knowing that, I knew they were, we were going to try and make a push that year. They was, said they were going to sign uh, Cass and a couple of other players come in. And, uh, yeah, just, and then again, like another two and a half unbelievable years, you know? Right, so many questions uh, I want to ask you on the back of what you just said. So, yeah, yeah. Just like, I don't know, just first of all, like, I want to talk about Bob Pearson, Alan Ball, and, and Jackie Chalwell. Bob Pearson, by the way, you, you wouldn't have seen yeah, it in yeah. our previous videos. He just seems to be like a, almost like an, like an FBI sort of agent, like from the future or so. He just seems to appear in, everywhere in every deal that ever happened and, just seems to be timeless. Like, we've heard stories of you about Bob Pearson. 
we've had stories from people like the 2000s talking about Bob Pearson. Like, it just seems to yeah, be yeah. A, a massive part of the yeah. structure for a long, long time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, if it weren't for Bob Pearson and the, the talent that he brought in, you know, like, uh, and, and got sold to keep the club going as well, you know, keep, when they were struggling... Um, he was an unbelievable scout, just unbelievable. He, I, I, you know, obviously when you're a kid, I like Bob, he's the reason I signed. But I remember when I, when I come back to uh, Millwall and he'd been involved in the first team. Like he said, I've been involved in the first team with Doc and with George Brown. He said, but I really want to get back into the youth team. I want to win the FA Youth Cup again. I'll tell you what, the next year, they won it with... Um, Mark who? Mark Beard and yeah, with the players was uh, Andy uh, Roberts and all yes. that lot. That's just how good he was. I mean, he could just go back and, and it, I'm like, for me, all win the FA U Cup, it's unbelievable. But yeah, yeah I'm just probably one of the best scouts that's ever lived, in my opinion. I've covered about 30 years worth of Mill history, and they all say, everyone says the same thing like, brilliant, loved him. Like, he basically had a massive say in especially what we'll get onto in a minute, you going back to the club, had a major part in the promotion pushes and, and things like that we've had down the years through bringing in quality players and he just seems to always be in and around it and like, talking players into joining. But um, also, like, I don't know, Alan Ball, what's he up there? Alan Ball, what's his game? Like, you said like, he was giving you like, the sort of cold shoulder. Did he think, you, did he think when he, and then when he realised how bad it was, did he think he was tossing off a bit or something? I can't work it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard that That's a lot. That, mustn't he? Yeah, that's why like when he came over uh, and said, like, oh, you don't have to go, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, really? Why would you accept, you know, but... I, I, did, I did actually hear um, through um, Mickey Kennedy, who, he, who when Baldy got the sack from... But I'll, yeah, we'll get into that. So I'll tell you. So, so I, obviously, I went to Millwall. So I don't know if I'm straying off track here, but yeah, then... That's right, so obviously, then I'll go, I'll go back to Millwall. We get promotion... Now, I scored the goal that got, Mil- got Portsmouth against Millwall, actually, down at Pompey. Really? We beat, we beat, yeah, because we beat Millwall, I think it was 2-1. I scored a free kick in the top corner. And um, during the week, uh, someone had to lose and, and we got promotion and they did. So I scored the goal and then I scored the penalty uh, at Hulls for yeah. get promotion, you know. So, but Pompey went down and we went up. So that was the, uh, you know, the, um, quite, quite satisfying. Yeah, oh, mate, definitely. And the, f- the third and final <laughs> thing, just covering what you said, it's not in my notes, Jack Charlton rings up. I'm sure I've heard somewhere else on a different podcast, I've definitely heard that he, f- he was famous for getting people's names wrong, things like that. To ring someone... Well, you got my name wrong. <laughs> in the phone <laughs> call. It's saying you're in Vets football or five a side. Do you fancy a game Saturday? Do you fancy... Bobby <laughs> And then we end up winning one nil. Liam Brady scores the winner, and uh, it's the biggest thing they ever talk about in Ireland. I mean, I don't know if it's obviously they got to the World Cup as well, but um, yeah, I mean, Jack was. Um, I, I, was I didn't really have a lot to do with him, to be fair. I, I only played that that one game, and I went back to Milwaukee. I got I got injured a bit. I didn't. Well, the team that got promotion, to be fair, I only I played at the beginning about five or six games or seven games, I think. Then that injury that I was talking about that I had at Portsmouth the year before come back. I was going to say, and, uh, you spoke about so far, are they reoccurring injuries or all different injuries? No, it was, no, it was this, it was all to do with my calves. 
and uh, we'd, we'd found someone at um, Blackheath, the Bupe Hospital, that diagnosed it as this thing called uh, compartment syndrome. And it's, he's, uh, he only seen it in marathon runners, and they've got it in their thighs. It's when the muscle just takes on so much blood and then it, it uh, blocks it. So now if you sit on your hand and your hand goes numb, mm. it was like, oh, the, the, the day that I, the week that I went in to have the, the operation, we played Shrewsbury at home, you, uh, and we were getting beat 2-0 uh, by Shrewsbury, or 3-0. You imagine the crowd, they were absolutely giving it to us. And we'd got, we'd nicked a goal back, and just before half-time, uh, I couldn't feel my feet. And we got a penalty. And um, I took the penalty by, I just kicked it. I think I kicked the floor, kicked the ball, and the keeper dived over the ball, it went in the back of the net. And that was, and then I went and had the op, and uh, yeah, and then I, I sort of was took me about six, five, six weeks to get fit, and then I came in the team. I'll never forget it. At Reading away, me and uh, Steve, is it Steve Wood? Yeah, no, Steve, yeah, yeah, Steve Wood. Yeah, we both Steve. came in and we played the last fifteen games, and obviously, I think we won them all, didn't we? Except the last game. Sorry, yeah, let's get on to it. What we're talking about um, after seven years away from the club. You make a return in 1987, this time till 1991, playing 89 times and scoring 14 goals. Um, was there other interest again? What was it like? What was it like to go to leave Millwall as, as no disrespect, almost as a boy? Do you know what I mean, and come back as a man with with honours? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, no, and, it was... and a club in such a better position as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a, a, a strong position to push. I didn't realise we were going to get promotion. You know, I just thought we'd have a decent team and. I didn't realise that a lot of the likes of Terry Erlock and Briley and obviously I knew uh, Rhino, you know, from youth teams and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was, you knew something, but obviously Teddy and Cass just were buzzing up front. Um, yeah, and it was just, as I said before, it was just brilliant. I mean, they were, I mean, talk about Teddy, like world-class player. At the time, Cass probably had the best year he ever had, you know, even after he left me. Well, I don't think he hardly scored anywhere apart from, was it Marseille in the old second division in France? But, um, yeah, no, I mean, it was great. I and mean, we had a brilliant bunch of lads, you know, absolute bunch of nutcases, and we all just all got on well. Just We just laughed from the minute we got in to the, you know, minute we left it was brilliant so good. I mean I remember Teddy um, Teddy even Teddy says all the stuff that he's done that's the best uh, bunch of lads that he's ever had you know yeah well we have heard some stories um, from Brian Orner and Kenny Cunningham and a few others we've heard some really funny stories so we, we, we got the sort of gist of all that but um, what was he like for you the doc doc was great yeah he, he was Funny, you know, he like, all we do is tell you about how good a player he was, but, but um, and our eye could jump and stuff like that. But no, it was brilliant, you know. We obviously, you know, you know, we played this long ball uh football, which I'd never ever seen in my life. Obviously, I've seen the Wimbledon do it, and but I've never played it. I always, we always played uh football at Ipswich and at, obviously at Portsmouth, we got it down and played, but. I just had to get used to this way of playing and get the flick-ons off of Teddy or Cass. And, and it was effective. You can't knock it, you know? Although sometimes it's not great to watch, but I'm sure the uh, Mill supporters that year loved it because it was effective, you know? We were scoring goals. 
Yeah, but with you and Jimmy Carter on the wings and all, they, they had some. I know they scored some goals and they was a great combo, uh, Cass and Teddy. But they must they had some serious service off you two boys. Is have it right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they did. Yeah, I mean, I was always like, um, I was like, took all the corners, all the free kicks, and you know. So yeah, I was. That was probably my forte, really. Is dead ball kicks and stuff like that. So yeah, made a few goals from yeah. You scored a few pens as well. You mentioned a pen you scored earlier, I think, for um, Pompey and a free kick for Pompey and one against Hull. Before Hull, obviously, we're on the verge of promotion. We got a Bournemouth away. Do you remember that night? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was funny because um, they, the goalkeeper for Portsmouth, that, uh, sorry, for Bournemouth that night was Jerry Payton and Jerry Payton played for Ireland. And I always sort of used, before like goalkeeping coaches were about, I always used to like warm the goalkeepers up, you know, crosses and because it helped my game. And uh, if I ever used to chip uh, Peyton, I used to get the right arm. So um, we're playing uh, Bournemouth. I, mean, I remember we get a penalty. It must have been similar to um, similar to Hull. We, I think it was in like the first five minutes. Mm. And uh, to be fair, it was the worst penalty I took. I kicked the floor and he dived over it. Stevens running a good 30 yards to take this throw in. Looked like a penalty. It is a penalty, I think. Yes. It's a blatant push in the back, right in front of the referee, and you don't get away with that sort of thing. Referee so experienced as Brian Hill. Halligan going to take the penalty kick. Ten minutes gone. One nil for Millwall. To be fair, every time I took a penalty, the pressure was on. You know, it weren't like because who the game bef, who did we play before Hull? We battered them at home, something like four nil. Was it Huddersfield or someone like that? It might be game before Hull. But that was the only time I took a penalty and we were like two or three near one. Other than that, we were like losing or it was nil nil, so there was always pressure on. And I wasn't like, I don't think I was a natural penalty taker. Because I mean, uh, I always wanted to take penalties, but we were, the teams I went to, we always had great penalty takers like Johnny Walk. And when I went to Portsmouth, we had uh, Kevin Dillon, who'd never missed a penalty. Uh, but I can tell you a funny, a funny story, just getting offline a minute. We were playing Wimbledon at home, and I'll never forget it, and Kevin Dillon had been dropped. And I always wanted to get on the penalties. I've done everything else. I took everything else. I thought, why shouldn't I take the penalties? And uh, we got a penalty um, just before half-time. And as uh, there was a bit of an injury, Alan Ball was trying to get Kevin Dillon on the pitch to take the penalty. And I was going, no, no. And anyway, I took it and missed. <laughs> So uh, that was my that was my one and only penalty until I got to Millwall and then uh, we were playing. I don't forget we was playing. It's always against my old teams. We was playing Ipswich at home. I think it was my first game, and uh, we got a penalty. And I, you know, I, I didn't. Know. Teddy picked the ball up and the doc shouted from the dugout, "Let Callie take it." I took it and then that was it. I was a penalty taker after that. And yeah, as you say, I think the last four games. Was it the five games? I think I took four penalties, if that's yeah. right. Something like that, you know. And as you say, uh, the one at Hull, the, the one at Bournemouth was a bad penalty. The one at Hull was 
yeah, it weren't the greatest strike, but it was in the corner, so it was okay. <laughs> but it was, as you can imagine, the pressure was like, was on, you know? Well, mate, let's, let's talk about that day, a historic day in the history of the football club, because it is the day we got promoted, and it's never happened again since, hopefully, maybe one day. But yeah, let's talk about that whole day, whole, what you remember of it, the game, the aftermath. We've heard, we've heard some stories of the aftermath from uh, Brian Orm. Oh, have you? Yeah. Yeah, so no, I remember. I remember. I remember. It was like yesterday. Um, yeah, I remember. We played. We obviously played because it. We it must have been the bank holiday weekend, mustn't it, or something like that? Because we played on the. We played on the Saturday, I think, and then we played on the Monday or the Sunday, something like that. It must have been the Monday. I'm sure it was a bank holiday, and um, so we travelled up to Hull after this game. We'd, we'd beat whoever it was at home four 0 we were buzzing, you know, but, you know, you've got a game two games later, like, struggling a little bit, but they're in the same boat. And, yeah, I remember the game. I remember us playing really well first half. And uh, then, obviously, like, I think it was about two or three minutes the penalty was uh, given. Obviously, we had one nil up. The Ulfridge is to half. A long throw, though. Comes across goal, and it's Cascarino. In fact, Cascarino's header. Going for goal and handled on the line and the referee there, no hesitation at all. A fine header there by Cascarino but uh, pulled up on the uh, on the goal line. So it's a penalty now. This is a very, very important moment for Millwall. Can they go in front? The man looks like Ke uh, Kevin O'Callaghan to take it. So it's uh, Tony Norman there. Oh, Callahan and he, does, he sends the goalkeeper the wrong way. Well, a textbook penalty, and there's always a little bit of nerves in the tummy when uh, when you get a penalty, and particularly in a, a match so important to uh, Millwall. And then I think we hung on a little bit at the end, but no, I thought I remember the day. I remember all the crowd coming on. You know, it's a funny story because um, after the game, we all run off the pitch, and the crowd come on the pitch. And I remember there's a photo, it was in the South London press of all the players, all I had on was some slip. And about four or five years ago, my mate said to me, um, there's a shirt on eBay that's been sold. It says it's the your championship winning team with Millwall. And it could have been because I haven't got it. I don't know where it is. And it went, I think it went for about 1,500 quid, someone said, you know. Yeah, but no, brilliant day. I remember us like, coming off the pitch, doing all the interviews, what we had to do, going back to the uh, hotel, and the doc said we weren't allowed out. Is this the story that all he told you with Teddy and the... Uh, we've heard a version where that he... Yeah, go on, you, you tell it. <laughs> yeah, I, up. I, remember it was, I, know, I know Teddy was involved and someone... It might have been Rhino, I'm not sure. But we just all stayed at the hotel. I was with Terry Erlock and was all having a drink, mucking around. Teddy got caught coming back, had been out. And uh, to be fair, I didn't agree with what the doc done. I mean, he, uh, he made, we, we travelled back the next day and uh, he made, he made uh, Teddy and, um, I don't know who the second player was, but they, put, they had a reserve team game that afternoon. He made them play in the reserves. I didn't agree with that. I thought it was wrong. Mm. Yeah, he um, sent back Brian Orn as well, sent him back in the morning. With the geezer, that might have been Orn then. The geezer had the minibus, made him go back and play up well, and he said they got spanked about 5 1. That's right, yeah. Him and Teddy, <laughs> him been and Teddy went out, yeah. Yeah, I didn't agree. I thought that was wrong. I thought um, after what we'd done for him and, you know, got promotion, oh, they went out, but 
I don't know why he said we couldn't go out anyway. It was like, oh, you know, it wasn't like there was all the Millwalls had gone home. So, yeah, uh, yeah no, it's a shame because, then, and the other thing was a shame because, you know, so we play on a Saturday, then, as you said, Blackburn at home, we got bad. We, we just weren't in it. It was like watching Liverpool play, you know, when they've already won the league and this year they come out and they just, they just you haven't got that intensity. You haven't got that. It's different, you know, you, yeah. the pressure's not there. Um, yeah, and it was a shame really because we'd done, we'd done a little bit on the pitch with a cup, but the, the police wouldn't let us do, um, you know, the coach journey down the old Ken Road or nothing like that. So, you know, really, because we'd done it, with, I'd done it the year before with Portsmouth. Yeah. And it was great, you know, all the, all the streets were lined. And it was a shame, they, they just wouldn't let us do it. Mm. So, we're moving to the top flight. The 19 would be 88, 89 season, wouldn't it? Yeah, the first one. Yeah, right, yeah. A brilliant season. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'd done pre-season. I don't think we'd done, I don't, we hadn't really played well in pre-season. We'd gone away and uh, we'd gone up to Kiel, I think, to do this fitness uh Thing and I tried to change the way we trained and bits and pieces. And I didn't think we, we, we really hadn't had a good pre-season and uh, died the season. I think it was um, Aston Villa away, wasn't it? 2-2. Uh, but we tuned him up and played really well. And yeah, from then until I think it was Christmas time, it was unbelievable. I think didn't we, we went top of the league. Did we beat Queen's Park Rangers at home? I think we went top of the league. That's right. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's fantastic. And then obviously it was it was tough up there because yeah, we did have, we had a good team, but we had to be playing at 110% all the time, you know, to get these results. I think it took took its toll in the end. I remember I played probably the I missed the last I had a bit of an argument with Doc at like it dropped me. Um we played Tottenham at home and he dropped me. He never said a word to me. And uh, so I did play the last four. I had a bit of a row with him after that. Oh, on a Monday I had a row with him. He didn't play me. Um, but uh, so I played like, was it 36? Was it 42 games in them days? Or was it yeah, 42? Yeah. yeah, 42. I played about 35 games, solid. On the other side, you'd had uh, Budgie Byrne was playing, George um, Lawrence. And Jimmy, they sort of shared it between them. Mm. And I must admit, I was absolutely shattered by the end of the season. Um, but no, it was brilliant. I mean, and then it all went a bit pear-shaped after that, really, you know. But Who was that first you know, name you said there on the right-hand side? Who was that first name you said? A Burn. What was his name? Um, we should call him Budgie Burn. Uh, David, David Burn, is it? Little white winger. Fast Steve, little white winger. Stevenson? No. Uh, Steve-O came in as well, didn't he? Yeah, that's another one, yeah. Yeah, we we've interviewed Steve-O a couple of weeks ago. Oh, did you? Yeah, so there was another one. He made, uh, that, was a, that was a story at the... Um, did you hear about the uh, Liverpool? The Liverpool story? No, mate. Well, listen, that's, I've got, obviously, the promotion season, but any, any, any games and any memories that sticks out for you? So, Steve-O, Steve you must know Steve-O's debut was at Liverpool when he scored an unbelievable goal. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. So we'd gone up there on the Friday and they'd just signed Steve-O. And uh, I used to room with Terry Erlock and our room was 113 and Terry wouldn't go, wouldn't go near it. He said, no, I'm not. I said, Terry, look, listen, that's all a crap, all this 
the unlucky 13. He went, oh, all right, then we went in the room and whatever we'd done. And uh, we played on, we played at Liverpool. And to be fair, we played fantastic at the first half. We batted Liverpool, went one new up. Second half, um, I've gone into the box, had a bit of a dribble. And Ronnie Whelan literally topped me. There is a picture in one of the papers of my shin was like spread open, like, and I'm on the floor and uh, Frank McClintock saying, get up, get up, you're all right. Comes on the pitch to have a look and faints. My leg was like completely split open. Frank McClintock fainted. Yeah, nearly fainted. Uh, and um, so I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the uh, dressing room trying to get stitched up by this doctor that was absolutely had too much to drink. I, they had no anaesthetic or nothing. He's putting 16 stitches in my shin. Unbelievable. And uh, oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm laying there in agony with this doctor of um, putting stitches in me and Terry comes in with broken ribs. <laughs> so he says to me, I told you about that room. <laughs> so ever, ever since then, I've been a little bit sceptical about it myself now, yeah. But no, yeah, so... I mean, yes, yeah, Steve, I made his debut in that game, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was great. I mean, we drew 1-1. That was early on in the... That was... That would have, yeah, that was early on. And then we struggled towards the end of the mm. season, you know? But I still think... When did we come in the end? About halfway or something? Uh, yeah, that, roughly, yeah. About about 12th, I think, something like that. But I never had Terry Earlock down as a superstitious type. What was he like to room with on away days? Yeah, he's good, yeah. We used to... Um, we used to, like trying to fight each other and, you know, he's just tough, tough old boy. But uh, yeah, he was brilliant. We used to just laugh our heads off, you know, um, about things that happened. And did you hear about the story about when the, pa- the papers came into the hotel? No. It was in, they'd done a big spread about Cascarino and Sheridan running through the corridor naked and stuff like that. Have you <laughs> heard that story? No, go on. So we were, we playing Southampton at, um, Southampton. So we're in the hotel, me and Terry uh, laying in bed watching telly and, and uh, this fella come and said, excuse me boys, any chance we just clean the windows? We looked at each other thinking, what? I said, yeah, yeah go on and do what you like, mate. So anyway, that happened. And I can hear like the boys mucking around outside. Uh, on the Sunday, or the, the next Sunday in the news of the world, there was this big thing about, um, and it was obviously this fellow was, he started asking us questions as he's doing at Windows, you know? Yeah. We, did, we still didn't like, because it was pretty early on about all this, uh, you know, undercover dete- uh, reporters and stuff. But uh, yeah, anyway, done the big spread about Cascarino and sharing and running around the corridor naked and stuff. And But yeah, me and Terry had to, had to he pretended to be a window cleaner. Oh, we must have been nuts, you know. But no, it was brilliant. We had a great time. Mr. Love to brilliant. You said you, you really fancied the chances of getting into the top flight with Pompey, and you wanted to stay there for that reason. What was it like once you got into the top flight? The, the standard was it that much better? And talking about obviously you on the left and Aston Villa that day, you had a, you had a brilliant um, wingman fullback in uh, Ian Dawes. Dawes yeah, yeah, yeah. Dawesy came in. Like to be fair, took over from uh, Nicky Coleman and. You know, to be fair to Nicky, Nicky was a brilliant, one of the, he never, the, the crowd used to get on his back a bit, but still, I'd still say Nicky's one of the best defenders I've ever played with. 
maybe not as not that good on where well, Dorsey was good on the ball, you know, and uh, so the crowd appreciated him a little bit more. But yeah, so no, I, I, I had a good understanding with Dorsey, and we've done well for a couple of years. Yeah, a game for me that stands out. Cause obviously, this is now the era of the Kevin O'Callaghan that, that I remember. Um, was I think it was the first televised game ever. Well, in my lifetime, that I remember was was the Norwich at home game. Yeah, yeah. The game that was two 0 down after about ten minutes. Two two before half time. You had a good hand in a couple of those goals, didn't you? I remember. I didn't hit the bar. I think hit the bar of a header as well, diving header. And uh, yeah, that Flecky got an unbelievable goal, didn't he, in the last minute or something? I'll never forget that game. Yeah, yeah. And no, I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah. What was it so like? That was- the Den, obviously, I've left it to now to ask you, because the Den, obviously, when you were first at the club and you was a youngster, struggling, four or 5,000, bottom division, now we're in the top flight, sold out every week. What was it like to be so close to the intense crowd on the wing, like, every week? Could you hear, like, hear people, like, breathing down your ear on things like that? Yeah, I got a bit of stick, as usual, but, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I wasn't, I've got to admit, I wasn't, I wasn't brilliant in them, them days. I was, I was still struggling with legs and, so, yeah, I've got a bit of stick, but, uh, yeah, no, it was good. I mean, the atmosphere was good, and but uh, it's strange, because you go to these clubs, and I, I played at Portsmouth, and we had a team that was unbelievable. We probably lost about five or six games in three years, and the crowd, if we weren't winning 2-0 by our time, the crowd was on our back. Wow. I went back there when I went back to Millwall to do... Um, coaching and then I was doing a bit of scouting as well and I had to go and watch Dan Portsmouth. They were playing Bradford at home getting beat 4-0 and the, the crowd was singing pay up Pompey and ball his boys and it was like what? It's just expectation isn't it? You've got a good team and you know mm. I remember we played I remember I was playing um, Queen's Park Rangers at Queen's Park Rangers and the, and the Millwall crowd giving Teddy unbelievable stick you know and it was like hold on do you know where we are here? We're in the like Div One, mm. uh, but I don't know. That's just a fickle supporters are really, you know. Yeah, mate. Very true. Very true. So the second season, it's an interesting one because obviously it's a it's a if I can get out a relegation season. Yeah, um, and I didn't play. To be fair, sorry, I don't think I played. Did I second season? Did you not? Nah, I'd had a I'd had a bit of a towards the end of the season. I kept getting a bit of a pain in my foot and uh, pre-season I snapped my foot in half just put my foot down done my metatarsal because uh, that was a year that yeah that's right and then obviously Doc got sacked halfway through didn't he yeah and this um, is like a lot of the players said they say that you know Doc they, a lot of few of the players we spoke to on, on this show said that they put it down to the Doc being too loyal to the players he should have got other players in it was too long to the to the original squad, and that's what ended up getting him the sack. Do you remember when he was sacked? Yeah, I remember when he was sacked. Yeah, and I, yeah, a little bit, but I think I just, I just think they bought they bought some players in, didn't they? Who didn't really do it for us as well. Uh, like Paul Goddard come in, and mm. you know, we all knew he was. I think that's the other thing as well. When you know, players come in, he's on a lot of money, and you know, he's not really. A uh, couple of other players came in, and there wasn't really. I mean, to, it's hard because I wasn't playing. I broke my foot, I was struggling uh, and I'm just sitting there watching this and it was, you know, it, yeah, it weren't, it weren't great. Um, then I remember, then it was, what's his name who came in? Yeah, well, Doc. Doc got sacked, uh, Bob Pearson took over, the, uh, yeah, the ever present that is Bob Pearson for the last 10 games, we get relegated and then in the 1991 season is the 
the start of the Bruce Rioch, Sergeant Bruce Rioch. A lot of now we've had a lot of stories on Bruce, none of them good, if I'm honest, from ex players. None of them good. Yeah, uh, none of mine would be good about Bruce, so I don't <laughs> really want to go there with him, you know. No, really? he weren't my favorite man, mate. Like some outrageous stories. Apparently, he walked in first day and said, Fine, unshaven, fine, no tie. Fine. Um, Terry Earl, after about half an hour, went. Fuck this, put me on the list, put me on the transfer list, I've got to get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I remember we, uh, the funniest story was we, he, um, it must have been, whether it was the end of the season or the, we went to, he took us to, um, yeah, it must have been the end of the season, he took us to uh, Tenerife, but instead of going to the Player Dance of Americas, he took us on Santa de la Cruz where the old people are. <laughs> so we, uh, about 10 of us went, right, two, two pluses and cash were going to play down Americas and just went down there for five days. And he sent um, Les Briley down to get us. We won't come back. Uh, but no, he was a, you know, I don't know if you, he, he, uh, he'd just pick on, he'd pick on the, the kids, you know, he wouldn't pick on the, the older players. Um, really? And I didn't like, no, no. Again, the start of really of a transitional period for the club. Cass went, uh, Terry went. Um, did Les Briley go at that point? I can't remember, but no, he would have done. You said he come down to, uh, he sent him down to get you. No, know. I don't think Les went. No, I don't think Les some, went. Some other players had come in, obviously, say, uh, Big Mick McCarthy would go on to let him manage the club uh, and succeed Bruce Rioch, Alex Ray, John Goodman, Malcolm Allen. What were those yeah, boys? Yeah. I mean... Uh, there's a famous video of a game where we, I don't know if you don't think you played in it, but we're 2-0 down against Sheffield Wednesday, come back and win 4-2. And the goals yeah, well, they were Jimmy, the Cass, Malcolm. Oh, I, yeah, I came on and made two or three goals, didn't I? Yeah, I, so was it, no, was that the FA Cup game? And then we went up there on the... No, it's the, four, uh, the FA Cup game, was four all men up there. And we went up there, yeah. It was around the same time, but we beat them 4-2, yeah. That was my, that was my, um, yeah, that was my big fallout with Bruce Rioch. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I, I played a few games with him. I got fit. Played a few games. To be fair, to play for, he was all right. You know, it was just mm. off the pitch. Watch some well, of the highlights. Like some, some good football being played under him. Was there? Right, some good yeah. goals. Some good goals. Played some good football. Yeah, some... I mean, he, he wanted he wanted you to play and encourage you to get on the ball. And I, I thought that side of him was really good. Mm. Uh, just didn't agree with the way he dealt with things off the pitch, really, you know? And, um, you know, I had a few falling outs of him. I mean, I'll tell you one story. We, we, as you said, we, we, we played Sheffield Wednesday at home. I think we were getting beat, I don't know, 4-1 or whatever. I came on, made three goals, go up there for the replay. To be fair, I think we got bad up there. We weren't very good. Um, we had Ipswich at home on the... Ipswich away on the, uh, on the Saturday... And I'd already found out from Ormie that he'd spoken to Bruce and he'd agreed for him to stay up there. So I, um, I said to Bruce on the Friday, uh, obviously, you know, come, I had a load of friends up there, I wanted to stay up there. And um, he went, I'll let you know after the game. So anyway, I thought something was up. We get there and he dropped me. I was on the sub, on the subs bench. Anyway, I just... To be fair, I just went on the coach, got my gear. And to be fair, Stevie Harrison, the coach, was saying, please have wherever. I went, no, all he's staying down, I'm staying down. Um, 
Anyway, I go in the, uh, I actually bumped into a reporter that night, someone I thought I could trust and I chatted to him. He was a local reporter that was at Ipswich when I was there, but he was, used to do a little bit of work for the News of the World. I woke up the next day, he's, he's a big reporter. Yeah, he stitched me right up. Yeah. Anyway, I go, go in on the, on the Monday and he find me two weeks wages. And I said, I ain't paying it. And uh, anyway, I took him to, um, it was funny because uh, obviously I, after that I played quite a bit and he tried to get his uh, assistant to come in and say, look, don't take him to the tribunal. I went, no, I'm not paying two weeks wages, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I ended up paying about, I got off with it. I mean, I think the, the PFA were after him. That he'd done a couple of naughty things, I think. And uh, yeah, ended up paying about 30 quid. But that was a big fallout of him after that. It was never the same, really. Yeah, it's um, someone else you just brushed on there. We should, we've had some, some funny, funny stories on. But not just funny stories, apparently a, a brilliant, brilliant coach, Steve Harrison. Yeah, absolutely nuts. Yeah, funny. <laughs> so you know the famous one, obviously, when it, that's where he got the sack from England over, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, John Goodman explained that one, yeah, in detail. But yeah, so we don't need to go there. <laughs> oh, we don't have to go on that one. But... <laughs> We went, this was my, do you know what? It was really strange because keep saying about my last game. Um, we played someone at home. I said, I can't remember what we've got to be. And to be fair, I didn't play well. We'd gone down to the uh, West Country, uh, Dart, Dartmoor or somewhere like that, staying in this really nice hotel. And Bruce Stink wasn't coming down until the Tuesday. So Steve Harrison was looking after us. And it was like, <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. You know, we were like, on the, on the, we were playing, we had a nice golf course, we were playing golf, having a few drinks, having a few drinks at night. And I remember looking up and Steve Allison swinging on the chandelier. Uh, and we're like, what's he doing? Like, you know, even we weren't doing that, but absolutely. I remember him, we, so we played, but yeah, so this was on the Sunday. On the Monday, he said, right, we're all training. We're, yeah, okay. So and Bruce hadn't come down. He said, we, we trained by the hotel and, uh, and this hotel was on a hill. It had this really steep hill, and down the bottom was a pond. And he just started to, he just got on his hands and knees and started to roll. We think he's going to stop in a minute. And he'd go straight, it was freezing cold. <laughs> but absolutely crazy. I mean, it's funny, it's funny. And a brilliant coach as well. I mean, I'm sure people said he was a brilliant. He'd just keep you happy, you know, because we weren't really happy under Bruce, but he used to keep everyone. You know, uh, on even kill, yeah. But um, uh, it was absolutely crazy. Yeah. So anyway, so Bruce comes down on the Tuesday, and uh, <laughs> it was me, Malcolm Allen, and someone else had got dropped, and he made us stay behind with the with the um, with the physio at the hotel and do a little bit. And that the the um, first team were going to a training pitch somewhere, and uh, Stevie says, "Well." You lot get in the, in the coach, I'll, I'll take the car. And no, he had the minibus, that's right. Steve had the minibus and Bruce said, oh, with his coach, I'll follow you. He went, okay, so, because Steve said, I know where it is. So they're driving down the road, all of a sudden Steve turns in, does a right, goes around this um, roundabout in a, in a really posh garden, you know, like one of these gardens that have got, you can go in and out of, goes around there twice and comes back out. And it was a, so we get to the training ground and Bruce didn't see the funny side of it. And I think he, fi I think he find him. I think well, that's coach. it. 
Yeah, I think so. You'd have to find out. But honestly, it just didn't. It, you know, it didn't seem funny like what he'd done. It was just ridiculous. It was, but he was absolutely crazy. The stuff he used. He'd chip a, we'd be drinking on a, not drinking, we'd be having our uh, meal on a Friday night and he'd go, can I have a jug of water, please? And the waiter would bring a jug of water and he'd just pour it on his head, on the table, you know? And we're all sitting there thinking, what, he'd go in the kitchen and cause mayhem in the kitchen. But it was just that Bruce didn't appreciate, you know, nothing, you know, anything it was uh, yeah. having a laugh off the, off the pitch. Didn't appreciate none of that, no. It sounds, it was like, fun. It sounds like a relationship that was destined to fail between them two. Oh, my God, yeah. It didn't take long, yeah. He got him out, yeah. On my notes, I've just made the note before I forget, because you, although their names are in it, the Mep and Maulers I've written down, I'm going to yeah, call yeah, them, because, yeah. again, in the Malcolm Allen interview, you featured heavily for uh, being guilty of inflicting... That those mad two onto the little picturesque town of Mepham. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what. I just that they both came down like more or less at the same time, and uh, I just happened to mention them. My missus works at the local uh, state agents, and and there'd been this really beautiful uh, big mansion that uh, was being uh, you know chopped down into flats, and she sold them one of them each, and then. Obviously, yeah, we had a few uh, few late nights. Let's put it that way <laughs> on the on the on the stalks, yeah. So I wasn't really playing, so it didn't really matter to me. But them two were playing, so uh, they had to be a bit careful. Yeah, yeah. but no, no, no. I sort of uh, no, it was good. Yeah. Um, moving on to obviously, you left the club under Bruce Rioch. Yeah. South End. What, what was that like leaving the club a second time? Was it something you wanted yeah. to do? Was it, was, did you know it was coming? No, I, I, didn't, I didn't really want it coming. I didn't want to... I, I knew it was coming. Uh, again, that wasn't... The way Bruce handled that, that weren't a very nice way, the way he'd done that. Uh, he came in one day, give me a letter. It was about two games. I think They got in the playoffs that year, didn't they? They got in the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. And I, I played a few games. I said I, I hadn't gone down. I think it was a, after that Dartmouth trip. They played Bristol City. I think I don't know. They, I think they won actually. Um, and then that week, he came in with a letter to me saying, "Oh, you've got a free transfer." Blah blah blah. Said to me, "Get off the grounds now." What? I went, "What?" He went, "Get off the grounds now." I said, "You, you what are you going to do about it anyway?" He said, oh, "I'll call the police." I went, "Oh, you know." Um, but no, it wasn't. Yeah, I, I don't think people know what he was doing behind the scenes. It weren't very nice, no. But yeah. I, I, to be honest, I was struggling with injuries. I weren't fit. Uh, I had a couple of phone calls from people. Uh, Webby, no, Webby's assistant had rang me. I, put, I asked for too much money. They went, oh, no. And I was, I was struggling. And I just said, uh, to be fair, it was Bob Pearson got on the phone with Dave Webb and said, look, he's prepared to take this, blah, blah, blah. And we, we, yeah, we'd done the deal. And But I was struggling. You know, I wasn't, my legs were, I was really in a bad way. I went down there and I, I was, I was embarrassed actually. You know, I was really, I wasn't the player I was. Mm. I was struggling, and I really, I, you know, you, I felt guilty. I really did feel guilty. Not even taking the money. If you're, if you're like, good, and they're prepared to give you a contract, and you pass a medical. No, no, yeah, I know, a long but, time retired, uh, mate, aren't they? Still, I still didn't feel right about it. Um, and then, to be fair, I didn't play. They had a good team, actually. You brought a lot of young players like uh, Pally, who went on to play Nicky and uh, a few other players. They had a really good team. And to be fair, they, they, oh, I, 
I played the first five times this game, and then the team went on an unbelievable. I think we were second in league at one time, and then Webby got sacked, and uh, then they brought in um, oh, I can't remember his name now. Absolute fruit loop he was. Murphy, uh, is it Colin? Not Colin Murphy. Uh, was it Derby? Can't remember his name. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It weren't great. Uh, I was struggling. By that time, I I was having to get out of bed and get in hot water just to get my Achilles going. And anything under my knee was just, I was struggling with, you know. I just had a bad blood supply. And uh, then I was at the gym, my last game, I, 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 that, so I got let go by Southend. Had a word with Alan McCleary. He was down at Charlton. He had, he had a word with um, Alan Kirkshire. He said, yeah, come down and train. I went down and trained and I was playing. Obviously, I wasn't training with the first time. I was doing pre-season. I was doing a little bit, but I was playing in the reserves under um, Peacock, Keith Peacock. And I was playing really well. It was like, hey, Peacock, you should love me, but I just couldn't get fit. And, you know, they, they, he offered me a three-month contract. I went out to train and the calf went and that, I just said, I've got a jacket in, you know. Yeah. Uh, went to see a specialist, he went, no, he said, you just, you can't do it anymore. So that was it really. Uh, yeah, so it's a shame. But, you know, you have that, I really wanted to carry on, but I just couldn't, you know. How old was you at that point? Like 31, 32, yeah. I, I, I think, you know, 31, 32 is not that old, but to consider you got in a first team at 17, 18. Still had a good go, yeah. a good career, didn't you? Yeah, it's not that old, but it's a shame because you've got so much like knowledge and experience, and I just couldn't, I just couldn't do the running. It's like, I was, give me the ball, I was unbelievable. I could pass the ball, but I just couldn't do the running. You know, they, at Millwall, they used to call me Einstein's because like watching me warm up was a joke, and you know, and my legs were just like so stiff. But uh, yeah, no. Um, but uh, no, it was time to, it was time to check in, you know. Well, talking about your knowledge and experience, you, you, you later, like, to be able to be fair, I don't even remember this. You went on to coach at Millwall, said you was responsible for such talents coming through as Tim Cahill, it says, on Wikipedia. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, how, did you, um, how did you get back to Millwall in a coaching capacity? Well, through, through Bob Pearson, yeah. I started doing the, um, I started doing the under-14s and, uh, and then Rhino wanted to get a bit experience coaching he came with us and we should do the 14s together and then um you know when the club went under administration obviously uh they let the staff go and uh i went in there to do that and then yeah so we had, a, we had some good to be fair they had some really good players you know had reedy in the under 15s at the time and a couple of other decent players and then yeah by the time i about a year later obviously they were all princes, and um, yeah, with the two cable story was we end of the season, and uh, the doc was manager again. The doc was manager, wasn't he? We had someone at Queens Park Rangers that um, rec- not recommended, but they had two players come over from Australia and said, "Look, we're not going to sign them. Can you have a look at them?" So we had a look at them, and I, there's only me, like, and, and we, and I said to Tim, "Look, I can't really make the decision at the moment, but." Why don't you go over and come back and do pre-season with us and we'll take it from there. Anyway, yeah, so we're doing pre-season and, you know, he was doing okay, but he wasn't doing, he wasn't shining or nothing. Mm. And then we had a game, first game. I'll never forget it. We were, uh, it was at the training grounds and um, we got a corner and he just, somehow, it, it was almost like he rose above the crossbar, went bang and nodded this ball in. And I went to the physio, you see that? He went, yeah. I said, Jesus Christ. 
Anyway, we had a cornerback ten minutes later. He'd done exactly the same thing. And then from then on, it was just, you know, he was scoring and mm. just had this amazing... Uh, it was a bit like... I don't know if you, you ever see John Wall play, but Johnny Wall could just arrive in a box and the ball come to him. And that's what Tim was like, you know? And we had to calm him down a little bit because, you know, he'd like leave the midfield. So we had to calm, you know, calm down. And then to be fair, um, I got the sack because uh, Billy Bond came in and uh, he wanted to bring his own fella in and I left. Uh, and then he didn't last long, did he? What did he last long? Billy, last five, six months? Is that West Ham? Yeah, it wasn't even a season, was it? That West yeah, Ham. Then Macker um... and uh, Rhino got the job, and I, I got the job back as well. And then by the time I'd come back, Tim Kay was in the first team. So yeah. it was really, was just, no, really hadn't, but he was just about to. Yeah. Doland. Uh, then we signed, we got Ifield from Summer Academy in Brighton. He was in the youth team at the time. We had a good, we had a really good team. Like you think, the back four I had uh, in a youth team was um, Tony Craig, yeah. Paul Robinson, yeah. Alan Dunn, and Mark. Who's your centre half? Mark. He does the um, went to Brentford. Yeah, oh, he does the uh, academy now. Mark Phillips. Yeah, Mark Phillips. Yeah, that's the back four. They were unbelievable. Uh, you know, midfield, we had some good players there and yeah, we had a decent little team and obviously they all went on to have great careers, you know, yeah. after I left, but they had good careers, yeah. Yeah, so you've had, you've had two stints as a, as a senior pro at Millwall, stint as a youth team player and then you've ended up experiencing it all, mate, at a dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's to pick and a you know, standout memory, one standout yeah. memory, what, what do you think it would be? Your time at the club? Oh, it's got to be the whole upper hole, yeah. It's got to be the whole game, yeah. It's just like seeing like grown men cry, and it was just you know, for Millwall to get promotion to you never ever thought it happen, would you? No, no, and uh, say so it hasn't again since, mate. That's why them, them times, you know, some Millwall fans say, oh, I wouldn't want to get back. I would, it wouldn't last forever, granted, but to look right, back yeah. on the times that you boys did it, and you know, the iconic videos and, and the, the kit, the Lewisham kit. Yeah, yeah. Off your back and <laughs> sold for 50. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant times, mate. Unbelievable. Um, I always ask a question. We're going to talk about escape to victory in a minute because I'll never forgive myself if we don't. But the question yeah. to end the Millwall chat is um, I always ask this question at the end. If you could have a night out tomorrow with three of your ex teammates at Millwall, who would you take with you? Who would I take with me? It would be Terry Erlock. Teddy and Alan Walker. Alan Walker, I know it. Yeah, I don't remember him playing. Well, but... Right, so if you if you oh oh I have heard. I think if you're going to say Alan Walker, you... Alan Walker played the half the season or the whole season before Woody got in the team. The last fifteen games of the season, right. and the doc had a bit of a falling out of him and sold him to Gillingham, which was a shame. To be fair, they brought him when we went. Um, Obviously, then we got promotion. Then, because I always kept play golf with walks, and uh, when we in the season, Doc took us to um, Barbados for two weeks. He invited walks, which was nice of him oh, to yeah. come with us. Yeah. So yeah, if I had free drinking buddies, yeah, it'd be them. Yeah. I'm sure. You know, um, Brian Horn told a story. It might have been about Alan Walker and about um, what he's packing down below. Or well, couldn't. Oh God, yeah. 
Yeah. I couldn't, um, well, I put it on the Patreon page. I couldn't put it on the actual YouTube because too many kids watch it. <laughs> so apparently, it's, um, oh, yeah, it's a big boy, yeah. <laughs> apparently, yeah, they pinned Darren Morgan down once or something, but, um, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> pretended they put, yeah, aerosol, yeah, pretended it was his wheelie, yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a good, it's a good, uh, with Terry as well and um, Teddy, that's a good, um, that's a good little foursome, mate. Right, so, I've left this till last because I, I just. Well, oh I yeah, you wanted to know. You wanted to know about um, Bob Robson as well, didn't you? Did I tell? We talk about what Robson was like. And... Yeah, we talked about Bobby. Yeah, we talked. Well, about... we talk about you. Talk, talk about because he's 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 a part of Scope to Victory, anyway. So yeah, he sort of comes into this because obviously Escape to Victory, nineteen eighty one. Yeah. Now, for the again for the younger people that may not have seen it, Escape to Victory was a film, an American film. Um, that was based around the Second World War on a German, a German prisoner of war camp. Yeah. People might be thinking, why am I talking to you about this? And basically, the prisoners of war put together a football team to play the Germans. Yeah. I, I thought, for, in my head, as I watched it for years, that you all, you, all, you all did it. If you beat them, you got to get set free. But obviously, that wasn't the case. I'm sure you escaped at the end. But anyway, regardless, the cast, you was in it. Along with John Walk, so I'm guessing there's, there's obviously an Ipswich connection there. Along with Bobby Moore and Mickey Summerby, this was in 1981, so he would have been an Ipswich player. Pele, Sylvester Stallone and Michael Kane were also in the film. And in the film, you play a goalkeeper. Yeah. And they have to break your arm on purpose, the other prisoners, so S Sylvester Stallone can play in goal because he's unbelievable. And I remember your yeah. line was saying, like, make it a clean break, golf, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, just tell, mate, tell us as much as you like about this film. So basically, yeah, I'll tell you the story about what happened. So, so yeah, so we, we, I think it's about. I'm just said we talked about that 81, 82 season. We were unbelievable. <laughs> We'd been away. We'd been away with Ipswich, and no, so before that, Robson said to us, "Look, we're going to wherever we're going." He said, "Look, there's a chance for you to go on this. There's a film being made. They need some footballers. Um, it's in Hungary." You're going to be out there for about three to four weeks. Your wife's or your girlfriends can come out for two weeks. Uh, it's the biggest budget football film ever made. They said Pelle's in it, Bobby Moore, blah, 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 blah. Said, okay, fine. So everyone's just like that. Put your hands up. I said, I'll do it. Some, uh, Russ Wasman, uh, Johnny Walk, Kevin Beatty, uh, a couple of other players that you probably... Uh, Laurie Civil, the goalkeeper. Um He's all, all these boys the, from Ipswich, yeah? Yeah, so when I'll tell you the story, yeah, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story about Lloyd Civil. And uh, yeah, so um, anyway, we just go out to this um, thing. The day, the day um, I go out there, we, we, we're in this hotel, have a, well, Bobby Moore was my hero, I'm from East Ham, yeah? Although I weren't a West Ham supporter, I was a Chelsea supporter. I always used to go to West Ham and Moro was like, everyone's hero, you know, around East Ham. And uh, our first day, so we were in the hotel, we had a few nights, had a few drinks. We, we had a drink with, with Moro, but it was a bit quiet, so I didn't really know him, I was a young kid. But he loved me because I was from East Ham, he was from Dagman, yeah. Moro. And uh, I've got a picture, I've still got it to this day, if we went to the, because the, the camp was a, it was about an hour and a half from, the, from Hungary, and they'd made this, it was amazing, but all, they was all, like what you see in a film, they're all hollow apart from two or three of them. That 
was the canteen where we'd done the filming and where we rested when when we wasn't or, or where all the kit was. So I've got a picture of me. I'm sat here. Bobby Moore's there and Pele's on this side of me, and they took a steal of me. And it's just like, is this for real? Uh, I remember ringing my miss. I remember ringing my missus up, saying, oh, "I've just had a picture done with Pele and Bobby Moore." And she was like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah." Um, but yeah. So anyway, so we, we start doing bits and pieces, and most of the time, I don't know. If you, obviously, you know what I feel. You've done something. Filming's like so boring. Yeah. Something comes over, you've got to stop, and you've got to change the camera. So most of the time, we're playing football with Pele. Pele was amazing. He just wanted to play football. Moro would play. He would just sit there. Pele was. Just we put so you know when you see football today and you see two people in the middle and you get crowd around the outside and they keep the ball. So Pele said, "Come on, let's play this. We're playing this." And uh, Russ Wasman, who was an England player at the time, fancied himself a little bit. <laughs> ball sort of comes between him and Pele, and he's stuck a fifty-fifty. And Pele stabs it, and as he stabs it, Russ Wasman runs that way. The ball goes that way for a little one, spins back behind him, and we just all laughed our heads off. It was just like, but. You know, so that's, that's what we were doing. And then we, then we got this uh, memo through uh, while we was at the hotel. We said, look, the players that they, this, they, were, they were like start, they were like from, um, from Belgium and th- th- that were going to do the talking. They were players. And he said, um, it's no good. They're bro- it's broken English. We need people that can speak English. So I said, right. Can you all go and do a voice test? So we went and done voice test, and that's how we got the talking parts. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, I ended up. They just said, "Right, you're whoever I was." I think it was like oh, Tony, someone, and Russ Wasman got a speaking part, and so did uh, Walkie, Johnny Walk. Um, so it was brilliant, you know. And then yeah, so I had to. So basically, then you're given a script. So I'm given a script, and the day, the the day after uh, so you don't know where you don't know when they're going to do this thing but you just got to read your lines and uh, so anyway they said right this afternoon you're doing the, the bit with um, Michael Caine so I'm like I don't know what's going on but you know Michael Caine was brilliant with me because Michael Caine as you know was from the Elephant and Castle yeah and uh, when he found out I'd played for Millwall he was like chatting and he was such a nice fella and uh yeah so i had to do the famous bit where he, he um breaks me arm and to be fair can I not swear on this no you can mate yeah i can say yeah so i was shitting myself you know um i've got to do this thing with like michael kane and it's like and he was brilliant to me he just said look relax just do it and all as you said he, he had to say to me um oh really sorry but as you said, because to be fair, when you're doing this filming, you, we don't know that my leg, I don't know my arm's being broken, so Stallone, can, we're just doing filming, so then they just put it together, you know, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You do here. So anyway, yeah, so and I've done it first first take as it goes. So. I'm going to watch how many takes, because... Yeah, yeah I've, done it. I've done it first take. But um, yeah, so, I mean, it was brilliant. Oh, what can you say? I mean, I, I when... Uh, and Ozzy Ardenis was there. I mean, me, him and his wife used to go out quite a bit. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, was, we, in the evening, we used to go to this restaurant and uh, Pele weren't at the same hotel as us. But one night he came down with his, he used to have a, uh, like a assistant, whatever, but little fella, nice fella. 
and uh, he he would come in and say to the waiter, bottle of brandy, uh, we'd have our meal, and Pelle would just drink it to and he'd get his guitar out, and absolutely, I mean, you can't <laughs> believe it. Yeah, 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 and, you know, we'd have a sing-song, and it was just, just living a dream, it was just like, just crazy, <laughs> absolutely crazy, you know? I didn't, you know, we didn't know, we knew it was going to be a decent, not a decent film, but we knew it was going to be big-ish, but I didn't realise it's probably the most, played film I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, there was two I've, on, I've seen people, every time people have texted me the last four or five weeks and say, oh, it's on the day, it's on the day. It's like, and it's funny because when we, when, when we got the talking parts, I can't remember now, we was probably on about, say seven or 800 pound a week. And then plus we used to get expense, uh, spending money. We found out that the people that uh, had the talking parts that we got the parts from, we're on a lot more money. So me, me, um, Russ Wasman and Johnny Walk, we went in and I tell you it was, it was his name was Freddie Fields. And if you look him up, he was the uh, producer of uh, Dallas and them type, that type of stuff. So it's quite a hard nosed fella. We went in there and uh, he threatened us to be fair. And we said, okay, yeah, we'll go home. But we'd already done, what we'd say, done a fucking few. do it or you, we'll get someone else that can. Yeah, he said, he said <laughs> uh, what you've got to realise, he said, although, you know, uh, you're on this and these on that. You've got to remember, who's the better actor, Stallone or um, uh, Michael Caine? But, and we said, uh, well, Michael Caine. And uh, he said, yeah, he said, but Stallone's getting more money because his box office. He'd just come out of his first Rocky film, you know? So uh, anyway, to be fair, we did end it up. But we, we weren't just negotiating for the three of us. We negotiated for... All the Ipswich boys were out there, so they all got uh, a big, big bump in uh, wages. Um, but yeah, no, I mean it was amazing. It was, it's fantastic. Uh, I don't know if you've ever, you've ever been to Hungary. No, you that pissed. was actually a question I've written down because uh, where, where, where was it filmed? Was what I was going to ask you. Yeah. That was in Budapest. We was in a, a hotel on a Danube. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's funny because um, I had some friends that went out there a little while ago, and they went. I said, "What? Well, go and visit the hotel where we stayed at," and they didn't. It's, more or less still the same, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's great, you know. Yeah, really Actually, good. And I did, you know, just like it's always played now. I've seen it everywhere. <laughs> Not that I've watched it. I haven't watched it. I've only watched it once. Oh, really? I've seen it. Actually. Well, it's like you yeah. said. What for people who don't know, you said like you know you didn't know what actually was going on because, and and, and filming is very very tedious. After I got into the industry, I actually stopped watching TV. Because it's just yeah. take, stop, do it again, tops, do one That's more, right. just in case. Do, and it's just so boring, isn't it? So oh, boring. So yeah. you've done well, mate, though. First take. What was he like? Sliced alone? Did you have he, yeah, he number was, one jersey? You couldn't have been happy with that. He, uh, he weren't. He weren't. He, 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 he played the big time Charlie, you know, every late and bits and pieces. And, oh, really? But yeah, I mean, we didn't really have a lot to do with him. You know, Michael Caine was brilliant. Where everyone, you know, you just said you'll have like a break and something's happened. Uh, Michael Caine would always sit in the, in the canteen with us, you know, and have a chat. And Delone wouldn't, you know, he'd go back to his trailer. So, but yeah, we didn't. I don't, you know, he was, he was okay. But well, listen, that is just—I'm just fascinated by that. I could drive him out all day to ask you to tell me more, but I've kept you for long enough. And getting off escapes of victory. You know, brilliant, brilliant times at Millwall. So you did it all as a player, as a coach, as a youth team player. And obviously, you know, you, you was part of the team that went on and did 
things that no one else ever has done. So thanks for joining us, mate. Really, really enjoyed it. Pleasure, mate. Yeah, I've enjoyed it as well, yeah. Top man. Cheers, Callie. All right, mate. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 